We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? a podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? Depression. <laughs> Roller coaster ride of being a Georgia Tech fan this season. Yeah. Well, that's more than one word, but that was my word. I asked you the good word, but the real word is to hell with Georgia. Yes. Uh, that still applies. So we enjoyed most of the good news last week, and just so that they made sure we didn't get out over our skis too much or get too joyful or get too happy, the Tech Athletic Program brought us back down to earth, most of which we will cover in this show. So we are going to start with basketball. We are recording this immediately after the third men's basketball game of the season. The women have played two games this season so far. We covered the first game of both teams last week. We'll talk about the other games from this week and what just happened. We will talk some women's volleyball. We will talk uh, also about the massacre in the Valley (laughs) and Mm -hmm. look ahead to the last ACC game for the football team. So that's what's in store I told Joshua, yet again, this could be a very quick show. We've never had one, <laughs> but if there was going to be one, this is the week because it is, there's some, you know, we'll, we'll be battling depression. I believe they call it, uh, I heard someone tonight at, at another event I was at call it seasonal, seasonal affective disorder, which stands for sad, <laughs> so... Somebody up there was marketing. Anyway, enough of that. Let's let's get into it and let's discuss the basketball program. Joshua, Georgia Tech had two games this week. They they had a win against Howard, and we just watched them play a horrible game and lose to UMass at Lowell. UMass Lowell, yeah, a school I didn't know existed about until about three hours ago. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to start with the good news because chronologically that happened. Um, longer ago. So Georgia Tech on Thursday did play Howard. Um, Howard's an HBCU. They were in the tournament last year. Yes. Correct? And so they came into McCamish Pavilion, and Georgia Tech eked out an 88-85 win. I say eked out because uh, Georgia Tech was down six at halftime. They allowed, gave up 47 points in the first half. They did score 41 of their own. But they were down at least 12 at one point, maybe 14 in the second half. Yeah, they uh, they were not necessarily playing great, but they did score 47 points of their own in the second half. And they were able to come back and win behind 27 points from Miles Kelly uh, It was on nine of 24 shooting and one of five from three point range. So an inefficient 27, but 27 nonetheless. You also had 19 points and six rebounds from Tyjon Claude who did foul out, but he also had six rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Uh, Other notable performers, Kowasi Reeves had 15 points and seven rebounds on six of 10 shooting. 
And Kyle Sturdivant provided 11 points off the bench as well as two rebounds and two assists. Um, they did give up 22 points to Shy Odom, and they also gave up 17 points to Bryce Harris and off the bench 18 points to Joshua Strong. Um, the the tale of this game, we we played pretty well offensively throughout the game. We played horribly defensively, giving up 47 points in the first half and started the second half horribly and then just kind of manned up and just decided to stop letting guys cut and be open and, and man people up and play team defense and kind of turn the tide and just shut them down. And we ran the same play about 15 times in a row with Miles Kelly and he either got fouled or made a bunch of shots or dished for guys to hit open shots. Well, the open shots uh, outside the three-point line were not falling. They were 4 of 18 from three-point range. Yeesh. And 16 of 27 from the line. And if you want to go ahead and get into the other game, we'll see that that's so far a trend between those two games. Yes. Well, so this just happened like five minutes ago um, from when we're recording. Georgia Tech played University of Massachusetts at Lowell, which again was a school that I didn't know existed. Um, they did play in their conference championship game last last year, so they were a good team at twenty six and eight. But they are they're like the American East Conference, and typically that's a team that a Georgia Tech from the ACC should win. Georgia Tech did not; it was seventy four to seventy one. Um, <clears throat> it's just a game that Georgia Tech did not ever seem comfortable in. They only scored twenty six points in the first half. Now they did only give up twenty three. It was collectively just bad offense, a lot of missed layups, a lot of missed The U UMass didn't hit a three until like halfway through the second half. Yeah. And the problem was Georgia Tech didn't have anybody hitting threes other than Debo Coleman, as we get into. Um, and then Georgia Tech's offense kind of came unstuck. They scored 45 points in the second half, but they also gave up 51. So it's it's very hard to win when you're giving up significant points like that. Um, there was really only one good performer for the Jackets, and that was Debo Coleman, who had 24 points and five rebounds off the bench on seven of 12 shooting, five of nine from three. Um, he hit five threes. The team hit six. He was five of them. So only one other person hit a three, and that was Amari Abram. Uh, did, uh, and how did we do from three as a team? Did you say Six that? of 30. Yeah. Uh, 26 of 70 from the overall field and 13 of 23 from the line. Ish, 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 ish. Uh, Miles Kelly was five of nineteen, and down the stretch, he seemed insistent on he was going to be the one to win the game. So he continued to jack up ill-advised, horrible running floater layup-looking things that were not in any way open. And as you can imagine, they hit the backboard and the rim, and basically anything but the net. Miles Kelly five of nineteen, Kawasi Reeves one of seven, Tyshawn Claude three of nine. Amari Abram, two of six. All of that is is thirty three percent or less. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Saka was one of two. Uh, Dewunia was one of one, and Sturdivant was six of thirteen, and Debo Coleman was seven of twelve. So uh, your your bench guys were shooting well over fifty percent, and the re- the starters were just absolutely horrible. By the way, if you guys are listening, Joshua's been battling a, a sore throat for the last few days, so I 
I appreciate the fan battling through. So please forgive the off off mic coughs and trying to try to not the make water them. I'm trying not to put them directly in your ear. But um, yeah, it just was not not a good game. Georgia Tech gave up 24 points to Ayinde he Hikem, Hikem Hikem. Uh, I, I'm trying Hakeem. to remember. Hakeem. That's uh, yeah. right. He was nine of 24. So I mean, it was an inefficient 24, but it was 24 nonetheless. Uh, Braden O'Connor had 18 on six of nine shooting. He also had five rebounds and two steals with two blocks. Um, it just Tech had the Tech had 22 fouls in this game, I believe. I believe 15, uh, 14 or 15 of those were in the second half. Way too much reaching, way too many stupid, stupid, easy fouls on three-point plays for them. Just not good defense. For as it, it, I, I was saying, ooh, I was saying that was a massive one, Joshua. I hope you're okay. Yeah. I was saying during while we were watching the game that if – I. I, you know, Tech had about a five-minute stretch near the end of the game where they cut the lead from 11 down to actually tie it. And during that stretch, it's it's not crazy defense. It's just the team uh, just manned everybody up, just one-on-one defense with some good health principles and boxing out and just make make them take hard shots. Something that we've watched other teams do against passengers Tech teams for years, and we would get horrible shots and just hope they go in. But there's way too much through the first three games of easy buckets. Way too many just wide-open guys under the basket or just guys breaking us down one-on-one defense that shouldn't be breaking us down. We're, we're too big and tough for that, but we've just made it too easy on these teams through the first three games. And you get into ACC, you get into the next part of the schedule, we're going to be in trouble. So that's got to change. Offensively, pretty happy with this team through first three games. Except for the three-point shooting. Yeah, except for the shooting. Yeah, except – well, no, I'm – okay, what I'm saying is those – I've got to believe those shots are going to drop. These are not bad shooters. These are uh, – have there been some bad shots? Sure. But these are – we're getting shots and they're just not falling. Miles Kelly <coughs> is going to find his stroke. I believe Kowasi Reeves and Amari Abram – can find their find their well, shot. This he, was Kowasi's first bad game. Amari has not played well since the scrimmage. Yeah, so far Debo has been the star to me, coming off the bench. He's and, been the most consistent, right? And and Sturdivant has been very consistent. I also am going to be very intrigued to see what Lance Terry brings to this team because I think that improves us. Well, the guy I'm getting sick of through three games that I want to, I'm I, he better turn it around is Gapare. I have no idea why that guy is starting. I think he's star- – I'm going to be honest. This is my theory. I think that Damon is trying to get him as much court time as he can early in the season against teams like this so that he gets a little time, kind of can get his legs. I highly doubt he's going to be your starter when you're playing like power five teams. He better not be because he's, he, he's horrible. Yeah, he doesn't – he's still he's still he's, a young he's buck. He's still young, but – Sacco's a young buck and he's contributing. Yeah, Sacco you know? has no idea what's going on out there either. Well, he's he just, just strong and is like, if I see ball, I get ball. Meanwhile, Gapara is just throwing these horrible passes, taking bad shots, not playing good defense. He had some blocks against a 5'11 guy at Georgia Southern that he was guarding, but tonight just dumb fouls. Sacco has four people. fouls. Yeah, well, that's uh, he's going to get a bunch of them, but he's he's moving people around. 
and getting rebounds. So anyway, uh, coming up next for the Jackets, they play Cincinnati at Cincinnati in the. Um, it's a, one of those Big Ten crossover games. Not sure if there's like an official thing that they're doing, but uh, that'll be Wednesday the twenty second, and then they will play Mississippi State on the twenty eighth in the ACC SEC Challenge presented by Continental Tire. Fantastic. Let's uh, shift to women's basketball. The Lady Jackets got their season off to a 2-0 start by defeating Furman at home, 91-56. This next this week on Thursday, they'll play at Rice, and then Sunday they play at home against Kennesaw State. They do also play on Thanksgiving Day in Mexico against oh, Creighton on, so the, sorry. on the Cancun Challenge. So Kudos to the Lady Jackets. We'll see how they do in that tournament. Oh, they're getting deprived of their turkey. <laughs> Justice. Turkey down there. So uh, 91-56 win over uh, Furman. For the Lady Jackets, you had, oh, let's see. They were led by, they had three ladies in double figure. A lot of balance scoring, eight, seven, eight, eight, uh, seven. So a lot of good stuff. But uh, T- Tony Morgan had 19. Kayla Blackshear had 14, and also uh, Rusni Augustinalte uh, had 14 as well. I'm going to have to learn to say her name better. But they uh, they shot 38 uh, for 73 from the field, 7 of 19 from three-point range. Uh, maybe the Lady Jackets need to come to the men's practice and show them a few pointers on uh, how to hit those shots. So we gotta we got to get better at that. Uh, so well done. To the Lady Jackets. I gave Joshua a spit take on that one. All right. Want to also cover volleyball. The volleyball team had one match this last week. It did not go well. To uh, It was a loss at home for Georgia Tech. They did fall to a higher-ranked team, which this year hasn't mattered all that much, especially at home. But they fell to number seven, Pitt. I, I don't know what it is about Pitt. But they've got our number, and it's driving me nuts. Cost problems. Yeah. So the late the tech volleyball team fell to twenty one and four overall, twelve and three in the conference. Suffered a top ten loss at O'Keefe Gymnasium. Uh, they lost in three straight sets. So that is not good. Still tied for the best fifteen match start to ACC play in the Michelle Collier era. And Bianca Bertolino had thirteen kills, hitting on a five seventy nine average with two aces and a team high seven digs. Uh, she, that was a new career high for her hitting percentage at 579 and the highest hitting percentage of any jacket this season. So, uh, you know, it just it was not a good night. They lost 25-13, 25-14, 25-19. Pitt. So they have the rest they had the rest of the re- weekend to rest. They have one match this week against Miami for a Friday night match. And then they will kind of head down to the final stretch. So good luck to the Lady Jackets. All right, Joshua. Ready for the massacre? <sighs> the butcher in the valley. The butcher in the blade. The butcher at the rock. In in Death Valley, Georgia Tech uh, walked in against Clemson. Isn't that where the Undertaker's from? Yes. From Death Valley, but I think that's in California. Anyway, Either sorry, way. that was good. They went I to apologize. the valley against the Tigers. I'm trying to distract from what was horrible. Who had... had they had been playing their best football in the last couple of weeks. But so after, had we. I'm not. I'm just – I'm leading in. I know. I'm leading. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. This is the news portion of the program. So let's sit back and listen to the hoarse voice of Joshua, the, prof- the professional 
battling through his illness to give you the news. Well, they had been coming off. Um, they had lost two straight to Miami and NC State, but then they beat Notre Dame, which was a very impressive win considering they were ranked. Um, and if you had listened to Dabo, they had something to prove, and they proved it against Georgia Tech. Um, it was just a wire-to-wire uh, butt whooping, to to put it simply. Um, we actually were up seven nothing at the end of the first. Yeah, somehow, some way, and then I, it, and then it all went badly. The, the defense started off very well. They got a couple three and outs, and then the uh, Clemson offense just started to impose their will. By the end of the first half, it was twenty one to seven. Then it was twenty eight to seven at the end of the third, and then thirty five forty two. Tech got a consolation, couple touchdowns at the end of the game, but it didn't really matter. Twenty one forty two is your final score. Haynes King, an atrocious 13 of 31 for 129 yards, two touchdowns, and four interceptions. He also took four sacks, which was actually a rarity this year. He has not taken a ton of sacks. Right. Um, but Clemson always has some dogs on their d- defensive line. So that was, I don't want to say to be expected. Um, Jamal Haynes probably had the only good performance from, especially anybody on offense, 15 carries for 104 yards. Uh, leading receiver Christian Leary had two catches for 41 yards. Bunch of other guys had two or a couple catches, but um, none of them were able to come down. Eric Singleton dropped two yep. wa- open, deep passes that hit him in the hands. One of them was the he had to make kind of a bit of a weird um, adjustment to the ball, so I can understand. But the other one hit him directly in the hands. It looked like he got distracted by a DB coming in trying to break it up last minute. Um, but you got to have those. Those you got to have um, on defense. There were a good amount of tackles for loss, and Eddie Kelly had a decent game with nine tackles and, and one tackle for loss. Jalen King had another interception, but they just could not stop the Clemson run game. Clemson had more rushing yards than Georgia Tech had total yards, uh, 260 to 254. Ooh. Yeah, it was just Phil Moffa, Will Shipley kind of had their way with the team. Um, not to mention, I mean, Cade Klubnick, had some scrambles when he needed to, bought time. It was just nothing Nothing went right for the Yellow Jackets. It, it was, <laughs> you know, if you haven't figured out the theme with two games left for this football team. This was the bad Jackets. Yeah, it, it's, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's which team is going to show up. We either play really, really well or well enough to win, or we play poorly enough that there's no chance we're, we're going to just play horribly. The other two horrible games, of course, is Bowling Green and Boston College. Those opponents were inferior enough that we at least looked like we were in the game at some point or had an early lead. This game, while we came out okay, there just came this point very early, like late in the first quarter going into the second quarter, where you just were like, "Uh uh-oh, this is trouble. And let's be honest, guys, the recipe for this football team to have any success is your offense has to outscore, uh, and of course you have to do that every game, but I mean, the offense has to put up 30 and 40 to give us a chance, especially in a game like this, and it just became apparent. that they, they said at one point on the broadcast, at some point in the third quarter, not the beginning, it was like eight minutes left or something like that, Haynes King had one yard passing. Yeah, it was not. One, one yard passing. Because he couldn't, whenever he dropped back, it was like if he his first route wasn't open, he was getting hit. Yeah. And if he shook off that first hit, there was two other guys coming to pancake him. So you know, he was doing what he could, but he also did make some questionable decisions. Clemson um, has won nine straight against us, and I just feel like for that entire nine-year run, their four defensive linemen 
Well, they just pre- have their way. They churn out NFL defense. I, know, I can name you like I know, 10 guys that have gone know, to the NFL. But when you can get blitz like rushing with four guys. Yeah, no, it's 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 it, hard to win. It's hard to win. Um yeah, I it's hard to win in Clemson to start off. I mean, they have sure. a good set. They've only lost one game there this year and it was against Florida State. Uh it's always been a hard place to win. So I, I at first it looked like maybe Tech had a shot because Clemson wasn't playing great, right? But then they beat Notre Dame, and it was like, well, it looks like maybe potentially. And I I wanted to have hope, but it, this was always a game that we had circled that was like, oh, we're probably going to lose this game, right? Well, it was the game that you circle and go, you better play your best game to give yourself a shot. Yeah. We played one of our worst games. They played a good game, and they destroyed us. So I hope you enjoyed the five hundred record. Because it lasted for one week. No, but guess what? We're still at 500. Guess we're Sorry. Ab- I'm sorry. Above, above 500. Above 500 for the first time in five years. I yeah. hope you enjoyed that. But here we go. This team that that takes so much out of us and frustrates us so much. Uh, not as much as the Falcons. Is going to. I'm not talking about the Falcons. Is giving us another chance to be above 500. I, so first of all, I want to say something. The whole idea of this team that frustrates us so much. The fact of the matter is. We're basically right where we expected them to be, with with wins we weren't expecting and yeah. losses. We believe it or not, expecting. believe it or not, games are not played on paper. Right. So predicting on paper, oh, we're going to win this game and lose this game, that never really plays out like that. Right. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at most fans before the season, Georgia Tech, hopefully they're six and six. Right. right? We're ho- we- seven and five is pie in the sky. Maybe they sneak a couple in. They win all the games they're supposed to win. And they sneak one in against, you know, Miami or UNC, which we did both. Right. But the typical one that I saw was fans going, I think we're six and six. And so that's why I think it's funny that I've seen some fans after every loss melting down about how, like, oh, this is the ceiling of our program. Or they they just say some stuff where I'm just like, you guys, I thought this was like what we thought was going to happen. Yeah. And I, I tell you something I've noticed is in the last couple of weeks, I think because of the Miami win and the UNC win. And and the UVA win, honestly, I'm beginning to see, I still see the, you know, burn it down. This is stupid. Key is an idiot, blah, 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 blah. I'm seeing more after the Clemson loss. I'm seeing more people who are saying a version of, man, that was frustrating. I, I hate getting beat like that, but I'm still seeing a lot of positives or. There was I, more of that. Yes, that's for sure. So I think. Those fans that have been maybe cautiously optimistic or the fans that have been watching and maybe not saying as much are starting to come out and say, hey, wait a minute. There's there's some things to be there's some things to be hopeful about. This team has given us hope and we hope that, hey, if you win one more game, if you beat either Syracuse or Georgia, you get a chance to qualify for a bowl. Yes. And, you know, six-win teams qualify for a bowl. Let me tell you, this is a six-win team that has beaten UNC and Miami and and took Louisville to the to the, you know, yeah, that, to that, the mat. That Louisville, I mean, they're top, they're number 10 now. Yeah. That, that that game looks more and more impressive by the day. So, so there you go. I, I you know, they've it, got Syracuse. Both of these games will be at Bobby Dodd. So, it's right. it's back-to-back home games. Um, Syracuse is five and five themselves, although they just 
they're only they've only won one game in the ACC. All of their wins came against Colgate, Western Michigan, Purdue, and Army. So not exactly the most impressive slate. They got waxed by UNC, waxed by Florida State, waxed by Virginia Tech, um, a low-scoring game against Boston College, and then they beat Pitt, which is not that impressive because Pitt is two and eight. Yeah, themselves. And, and, so, and guess what's going to happen in this game? If Georgia Tech shows up and plays well. They'll have a great chance to win this game. If Georgia Tech shows up and lays a turd, they could lose this game. Very much. But it's so. it's very it's it's the Jekyll and Hyde. What team is going to show up? Are they going to show up and do their jobs? Is the offense going to put up a bunch of points because they should? And is the defense going to make some plays, which they can? And or is the offense going to go out and you know have a horrible game, which they could? Uh, and could, is the defense going to go out and let the Syracuse do whatever they want, which is a possibility. So we'll, we'll just have to see what team shows up. Yep, that's it. That that's that all I got. I mean, <laughs> Syracuse. It is in front of you. It is in your hands. Your own fate is in your hands, boys. As yeah. far as far as FBS <clears throat> rankings, Syracuse is scoring twenty four point nine points per game, which is eighty third. We're scoring thirty two, but. They're giving up 22.3 points a game allowed, which is 44th in the country. We're giving up 31.3 well, so points. I think some which is of that I know. is they gave up zero to Colgate and seven to Western Michigan. Right. So two of your sample sizes. Not to mention they then gave up, then they gave up 13 and 17 to Boston College and Pitt. So the teams that they were supposed to not give up a ton to, they haven't. But Georgia Tech is a top, what, 40 offense and points per game. Some of that is, you know, garbage time stuff, trying to make a comeback when you're down two scores. But when this team has everything clicking, they are able to move the ball. You saw that against um, uh, Virginia. When when they're playing a team like this, if everything is working, um, and Buster Faulkner's hitting the right buttons, which Buster Faulkner was nominated for the Broyles Award which is for the top assistant coach in the country. Yeah. So he's been recognized. Listen, we're, I think he's a little overrated in that regard, well, but that's just me. I don't think I, that part, part of that is also, I think all offensive coordinators um, typically get way too much of the blame. And I'm probably guilty of that right here. Um, I can't tell and, you that I'm an expert way, on football. And way too much of the credit. It's to an extent. Yeah. Well, listen, we're, we're top 25 <laughs> in total yards per game. We're top 25 in rush yards per game. Um, where he's he's been much better than Chip Chip Long, that's for sure. Yeah, and Syracuse has given up 381 yards per game average, which is 72nd, and we're you know we are 23rd in total yards. So again, st- you know, throw the stats out, but the stats matter because it tells us that if we show up and play well, we've got a good chance to win this game. It's in and their then, hands. And then, you know, you got Georgia at home, and you've got a chance to show them that you're not a pushover anymore. You won't hopefully you won't have a player telling your quarterback you guys are so underprepared. Yeah. Well, that's I don't think that's gonna happen. And, I'm hoping that you give yourself a chance to play your absolute best game of the season and see where the chips fall at that point. And you gotta you, you you've got the chance to be the absolute spoiler and pull off the upset of the century. End up five and three in the ACC. Yeah, if we if we win this game, this next game, we end up five and three in the ACC. We end up in the top half of the ACC, which I said would have, would would have been fantastic. So we you know we'll go bowling again, see if the fans show up uh, at the bowl game, and you know 
which means five to 10,000 of them. Georgia Tech is still sixth in the ACC. Yeah, and we'll have a chance to be in the top five potentially in the ACC. Finish in the top five. Depending on, we're a game ahead of everybody because our last game is not in the ACC. So anyway. Everybody plays the same amount of conference games. Yes, but most everybody <laughs> finishes their last conference game on the last week. We play Georgia. That's mm. always what we do. So, uh, the by the way, the Syracuse game is the Saturday night 8 o'clock game on the ACC Network. So go show up and show out and show everybody that the good team can finish their last ACC game at home and give the fans a good win. And by the way, good tickets available, reasonable prices. I'm, I'm planning on going and being there to cheer on the Jackets, and I hope you guys will too. So, you know, it's not been good news this week. And by the way, I just want to state officially for the record, the curse is officially broken on Dog uh, and Rec Talk because we did not appear on their show and the team went out and got destroyed. So the last two you can pin on us and, and say that we did something, but we, we, all, we all stayed in our well, Those were games lanes. that we weren't supposed to lose. This was a game that we... Probably. Yeah, but yes, but not the way we did. So I just see dog, see dog and rec talk. Shout out to them. Uh, If you're not following them, you should be. Uh, They do a lot longer form show and almost exclusively on football and they do live streams and they're fun to watch. Um, Rec talk looked (laughs) rec talk. Just quick word to you. Uh, You seemed really, really distraught. He was live streaming from his car without his sunglasses, without his trademark sunglasses. Yeah, it was somebody needs to check on him. He was a defeated man. <laughs> and and he was, you know, it was it was t- and we dude, we were all there with you cuz I just I was so disgusted. I turned it off. I I it was it was horrible. It was so bad. I just and That's it, what happens when you play a team load, loaded with four and five star kids that have NFL futures. Yeah, be careful cuz you're going to get the well, we should have that with the NIL and well, transfer portal and blah 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 blah. I'm not going to not going to repeat my own monologue yeah. cuz I feel like Coach Mom. It's falling on deaf ears, but you know it takes time to get there. We'll yep. get there, and, and I think we can. And coach them up, and I, you know, I, there's, there's the, the team has done some good things. We're rambling, which is what you do when you have seasonal affective disorder or mild depression based on your athletic teams not doing well in a week and losing basketball games that they shouldn't lose. And anyway, at least the Hawks won tonight. Oh uh, man, what is it? What? Uh, who cares about that other Atlanta stuff? This is this is this is a podcast that only asks one main question of its hosts and of its listeners, and it is why we are all here. Joshua, what is that? What's the good word?